Hello and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast exploring irrelevant questions about entertainment, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful and head-shaking co-host, Batman. <laughs> what was that all about? I'm trying to get myself ramped up here, man. <laughs> That's the only Matt, way I could think of. What should people do? And don't forget the thing that you've exactly. been forgetting for months. <laughs> like, subscribe, tell a friend, and go to remproductions.net, buy a poster. We've don't got- ask about the dot com. Yeah, it is .net. It is. We wish it were .com. We won't go further into details. Don't go to .com. <laughs> it's really not bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, we've got REM posters on there. Yeah, go to that website. We're on the website. Obviously, it's yes. pretty easy to find us. We're yep. on the front page because we are one of three I'm properties gonna, on I'm the website. Go there right now. REM Pro productions.net wow this is a this is a pretty slick site here look at this oh my goodness there's a whole big banner for coyote up top coyote coyote ah yes <laughs> and then it oh and it scrolls over and there's a j fusion the f- <laughs> i was gonna say the fish dog coyotes are dogs right vaguely they're are they the, of the canine family? Yeah, they're Canis. Canis? Canis something us. Yeah. Anyway, go to REMproductions.net. It's where we are. Also, buy a poster if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how the company needs money. So do it. They're also pretty slick posters. And yeah. uh You get the, the tribal going on. Yeah, yeah, it's the tribal. <laughs> I called it that at a like a really early meeting when things were kind of being put into place and is the greatest thing I've ever done, and no one else has ever acknowledged it. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep keep saying it. Go check out the poster. It's a pretty sweet website. If if we sell out posters, Nick. Nick's not listening. That's true. Nick never listens to this. If we sell out posters, we'll have another poster. It might be the podcast one or a T-shirt. We don't know yet. It's we, we need to sell at least half of our posters before we're discussing the next merchandise item. So exactly. buy posters, please. Our livelihoods depend upon it. Talking to you, Gage, our editor. Who's indispensable and we love basically him. the only reason we still exist. Yes. <laughs> Matt! Preston! What you been up to? Uh, Anything? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's more of just like the, these are the things I'd be yeah. going about in my ordinary life. Did you listen to the first two minutes of Sibelius' Symphony No. 4 and A minor? I did not. I thought about it the other day that I was like, he... Told me to listen to that. So I'll pause the episode. No. <laughs> no I'm not uh, text me about that. I'll, I, I, I do want to. Mm-hmm. Okay. I it, did it. I did it to my parents because we're going to be reading a book about Sibelius. Today. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think I told you about that. Yep. Uh, no one fan interacted with us. I said, listen to Sibelius. And no one did. Yeah. Sad. People are the worst. I know. So I've been listening to Mahler past couple weeks. Mahler? I barely know her. <laughs> but I'm. That's like my favorite joke formulation, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so you listen to Mahler. Mahler. Who's, who's Mahler? What does he do? Uh, Gustav Mahler was an Austrian composer at the uh, end and um, right around the, the end of the 19th, start of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the same title as Sibelius. There's a very interesting little conversation that I flipped to in the book that I'm reading with my parents where they're talking about symphonies. And Sibelius is very interested in form and craftsmanship and pure music for music's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
everything is tight and focused and comes from the same musical cells and fits together and it's really cool and Mahler says no the symphony must be like the world and so he does these huge expansive orchestras and Hmm. like hour and a half long symphonies with full chorus and super intense music all right that's it's mostly fine (laughs) he's what a what a lukewarm opinion of something so grand yeah no he's he's one of those love him or hate him composers that i'm like yeah he's pretty good it's all right all right yeah wouldn't put him on mount rushmore or anything but he's he's okay (laughs) what a specific thing to like is that the thing that people should strive for is being put on mount rushmore yep I don't think anyone's ever been put on Mount Rushmore since Mount Rushmore has been built. I don't think it's an achievement anyone can get. You know what they say about smart goals? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Mahler's just not super for me. I really like a couple of his. He only wrote like. If you like Mahler, crucify Matt in the comments. Please do. And if you're a Mahler fan, you probably will because you're all hoity-toity jerks. Ooh. Oh, snap. Woo. Hot take. <laughs> Hoit take. <laughs> okay i apologize in advance this is gonna be a mess this is gonna be fun i've had coffee he's had no sleep this is gonna be what else have you been up to um i've been reading some short stories by a fellow named thomas legati he's from detroit oh he's got a very like nice fancy italian name but no he's from, he's from detroit, detroit. Um, what kind of stuff is he right horror okay oh, cosmic horror oh um, any stuff that's worth being like translated into love death and robots um sort of different species he tends to okay. be more antiquated gotcha um he's i think still alive and fairly young actually oh okay it's fairly long young like 70 like like he's not gonna drop dead in the next five years probably okay. um maybe like 50 or something you know what i have this is important i have google for for precisely this reason Okay, 68. I said 70. Look at me go! (laughs) So good at ages of people that I don't know. Yep. So I've been reading this book for like six months. Okay. And I wouldn't mention it because it's just, it was kind of a slog to get through. Um, So the book I'm reading is a, um, it actually is two two collections of short stories put into each other. So it's a collection. It's a collection of two collections. What's a collection of a collection? A collect collection, collection Just needed to get the rhyme. It's a it's a stale joke at this point. Yeah, but we'll move past it. Um, yeah. So I finished the first collection probably a week and a half ago, and there were a couple that I liked. He has a really interesting take on vampires in one of them. Oh. Um. And Are a- they sex related at all? Not particularly. Look at him breaking the breaking the connection to sex with vampires. Yeah, no, he's go check out our vampire episode. We did a whole <laughs> ass episode on vampires and what makes them unique. It's good stuff. Go check it out. I don't know what episode number it is. One something D something. Yep. <laughs> uh yeah. So uh he he writes with a super formal, he likes to use big words and long sentences. And oh, it, like you like more than me (laughs) like he writes in such a way that you know it's an affectation just to throw a big fancy word in my long sentence here (laughs) what's what's the what's a big word for proving someone's point (laughs) um throwing you on the spot here come on writer 
Mm-hmm. All right. Moving uh, on. Moving on. Uh, and the the entire first collection, I felt like it was just, it was uncomfortable and a little bit clunky to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second collection, I think I've read, there are longer stories in this one, and I think I've read three of them so far, and I am loving them. It's such a bizarre instant switch. Are they, like, were, were the stories written I roughly think... around the same times of the collection? Like, um, so was the first collection around the same era of his writing, and then the second collection is around a different era? Uh, I mean, the the first collection, Songs of a Dead Dreamer, uh, was published in 1985. It was his first published collection. The second collection, Grim Scribe, was published in 1991. It's his second collection. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't exactly know, but... Um, it's, yeah, it's it, it seems like he came into his own a little bit. He, okay. he figured out what his voice was. Um, and one way he does that really effectively is he's come up with a good way of using framing devices. Um, so one of them is like written as a diary entry instead of just a straightforward, oh, oh, I went to the place. Yeah. And so it, it kind of makes sense that it's the guy. One of them's uh, um, a researcher documenting an event. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that it's kind of this high minted academic sort of thing one of them is a a letter to a friend which the framing device itself ends up playing a fun little twist at the end but um and it it just the guy who wrote the letter is dead (gasps) and was dead from the beginning (gasps) and could not have written the letter no that's not it okay scarier than that oh like i said it's horror yeah and it's it it's fun cosmic horror where he's he's just like yeah everything is evil the entire universe is just premised on evil and if you cut everything down to its atomic level, it's evil. That's okay. one of the stories. Um, yeah, he, he likes mysteries. He's got a very creative mind. Um, and now that he figured out how to write, I'm really loving the back half here. So yeah, wanted to recommend Mark Grimm that. Cool. It's the second book. Uh, the second collection, Grim Scribe. Grim Scribe? All one word. Grim Scribe. Grim Scribe. Grim Scribe. Grim Scribe. Thomas Ligotti. Thomas Ligotti. Good if you like horror. If you're not into literary horror and you don't like reading big highfalutin words skip it all right but sounds good yeah um anything else i've got a ton so if you don't if you're scraping for things like... oh, I, I did have i did have <laughs> one more i was trying to remember you remember a couple months back when i entered that contest for the uh the hundred words in 24 hours yeah microfiction short story I remember that yeah i got honorable mention two in my division which means I don't move on to the next round, right? But like your you, your name got put on something, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I got so do better. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> no, that's really cool though. Yeah, Congratulations. So there's like 60 people in a group. The top 15 move on, and I was 17th because second honorable at a 60. That's yeah, that's a decent percentage. Almost right there. top fourth. That's yeah, about 26th percentile. <laughs> yeah, give or take. Look at you. I'll take it. The feedback yeah. was largely positive and had a couple. They they do pretty insightful feedback. Cool. Um, and had a couple of very useful points that mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about that I think improved the thing. Yeah. Um. So who won? Alan Moore. <laughs> Probably not the do real what? one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in my division, the guy who won's a guy named Alan Moore. You think he won just because of his name? Did you read his thing? I haven't figured out how. Oh. What? I feel like that should be... I, I think it is doable. I think I was just trying to look at it on my phone. Gotcha. Couldn't get it to work. Um, That'd be hilarious if it, if it was... Did I say the right word? No. 
That'd be hilarious if it actually was Alan Moore. That'd like he genuinely competed. Do they? How do they group it? Is it like by it's age? Random. random. Yeah. If you just randomly got put in with a, a god of creative writing. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be something. That'd be something. Yep. Also, this was totally almost all staged. Uh, Matt texted me about this before. That's and true. So yep. my reactions were all fake. Art is a lie. Here's a real reaction for you. Uh oh. Andrew told me the story was terrible ahead of time. So suck it, Andrew. Told me your story was terrible. Yeah, I told him. He told me my story was terrible. Did he actually say that? Say that it was bad, or did yeah. he like? Oh, Andrew, <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honorable mention probably just means he didn't have any grammar mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't that bad. Yeah, probably I did, just wasn't to his taste. It might be. I did make one one small revision after you and he saw it. Changed it from gonorrhea to a toenail fungus. Okay. <laughs> Try interpreting that one without oh context. Oh my god. That changes the whole game. <laughs> it does, because I, I think it changes it from more of a shock humor to part of the package. From, like, uh, Rick and Morty dropping the F-bomb every 13 seconds to classic season one Rick and Morty. Precisely. All right. Precisely. Cool. Anything else? That's... Uh, it i'm sure something else will come to me in a little bit here but yeah it, during while recording the next episode which is typically how that goes yep oh that's a dig at me what have i done so much let's start with you got a nice little list going don't you uh should i go with movies youtube or comics first yes give me one youtube i guess okay that's the most unexpected uh, i super for some reason hyper fixated on uh neuroscience and watched uh crash course right. which is the do you know the green brothers john green and hank green is you that probably like, know who john green is see the yeah the, okay. the writer Fault in our stars <laughs> yep yep that guy cool. uh his brother hank green is a bit more science oriented but does write stuff okay um hank green is kind of like a mid 40s uh he's a bit of a like like Bill Nye on science or uh, Bill Nye on YouTube kind of thing, uh, okay. Crash Course, uh, SciShow. These are like things they've created where it's mm-hmm. just uh, accessible education in fun and easy, easily digestible ways. Uh, so I, for some reason, got really into how um, like drugs like marijuana and alcohol and stuff like that, mm-hmm. how those actually work in your brain like what okay. the chemicals and how that stuff do do that and so i found some youtube videos of like how that works and i was like i don't it's building on knowledge i don't have in general mm-hmm. and so i watched uh an entire like four or five videos by crash course explaining how the brain actually functions okay like with all the chemicals and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so uh i'm now a neuroscientist i feel Great. very much like the uh uh, Avengers joke is like, when did you become an expert on thermonuclear science? Last night. <laughs> it was definitely that kind of situation. Um, interesting shit. All right. I don't actually understand most of it. No, you're like right at the top of that Dunning-Kruger curve. <laughs> <laughs> You've learned a little bit and you think you know everything. Yep. Uh, no, I, I just... It just like told me how the electrons work with the, how the synapses actually fire and like mm-hmm. what the chemicals and stuff are doing and how those get inhibited and shit like that. Probably the stuff you learned in ninth grade biology, but you weren't paying attention. I, I've always found neuroscience a little interesting. So that would have okay. been one of the subjects that I actually would have paid attention to, but we didn't actually like 
in biology, it was all mitosis and mm-hmm. like plants and like cells, stuff like that. Not yeah. really neuroscience. That's and fair. then chemistry was all chemical reactions of different chemicals and stuff right. like that. So I never really had a subject that involved how the brain works, except for I took psychology and it was just this is a neuron. This is the Mayan sheath. These are the this is the synapses like that stuff. So I kind of knew that stuff already, but I sure. didn't know how literally it's a electrical imbalance i'm moving on (laughs) (laughs) don't get started uh i'll do comics next uh so i mentioned last week how uh i am now getting to the point in the new 52 where dc was starting to understand that maybe having so many lines going at the exact same time Mm -hmm. isn't beneficial because you have you're just trying to fill in the gaps with subpar uh, writing and so things are just getting really good uh an example of that was reading um what was the one i just finished i just i read last week it got really good oh catwoman got really good at volume six once they uh, kicked the innocenti off yeah um then detective comics were good until volume six where they were very good uh and mm-hmm. so i just started i read the first volume of grayson which is so nightwing mm-hmm was around for a little bit and then a big old bad version of the justice league from a different universe pops on over to our universe and kills him on tv and also unmasks him what fun uh plot twist he's not actually dead because no one stays dead in comics uh but because he got unmasked and publicly quote-unquote killed Everyone does think he's dead and also knows that Dick Grayson is mm-hmm. uh, Nightwing. And so what happens is Bruce Wayne's the only one who knows that he's not dead. Mm-hmm. Him and also this secret spy organization called Spiral. And so what is they this do... Is a new thing? Huh? Is this a new thing? It's a pretty or? new thing, yeah. Seems like every there's always a, so, new... there's a new secret organization yeah. that's deeper and been pulling the strings behind <laughs> exactly. the other one where does it stop <laughs> never it stops with it, batman <laughs> yeah he's the one that controls it all uh so it, it's actually kind of cool it's uh it's a bit espionage which is you know in my current state this is absolutely right up my alley stuff. um it's he is so spiral is a secret organization that's dedicated to unmasking heroes mm-hmm. and batman wants to know what they know and so he sends Dick to go get go do things that would get the attention of Spiral, mm-hmm. that Spiral would recruit him so they don't know that Batman sent him. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like gathering information for him. Um, the biggest problem I have with it is, one, it's just the next biggest like espionage group that's under the fabric of the world and whatever. Sure. Um, but also it's they kind of. They mess with characters a little bit with a character. Mm. Uh, Huntress, otherwise known as Helena Bertinelli. There are three versions of her in the New 52. Oh. There's the version of her that came from Earth 2 and was Robin in Earth 2 and right. came and couldn't be Robin because Robin existed. So she became Helena Bertinelli uh, and Huntress. And then there's the mini series of Huntress, which is just an entirely different Helena Bertinelli. Sure. Uh, who was the Huntress, and then now there's this Helena Bertinelli, who's the different one because she's literally a different ethnicity. Cool. So unless she, I don't know, 
got really tan between the miniseries and Grayson. Uh, it's a different Helena Bertinelli, so I was just like, you know how you can tell. Which one's too tall? That a- Birds of Prey. Mary Elizabeth Winstead's like six oh, inches taller than everyone yeah. else. It just looks a little off. <laughs> yep, that that is the thing that it, that that happened. Um, so that's that's a little bit of an issue I had. Like when it was like, oh, you're Helena Bertinelli. Cool. Another one. <laughs> there are three Helena Bertinellis. That's there's- what it is. It's not that there's a secret organization at the bottom. It's that at the bottom, everyone is a Helena Bertinelli. <laughs> seems like it's just a high find uh but otherwise it's really good i enjoy it it's uh you get to explore the the tagline her initials are hb like honey bee hive honey bee they do encounter hive vaguely oh which is an organization and if you see if you saw the teen titans animated show it's hive is the organization so many organizations they're all Helen and Bertinelli's. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's really fun. The The tagline of the on the back of the book is, you may know Nightwing, but you don't know Dick. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, yep, that's good. That yep. that needed to happen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but it is a really interesting exploration of Dick Grayson outside of being Nightwing. Um, kind of him. Um, kind of, it's more of him coming into his own because he's done that before before being nightwing kind of feels like his story is just one long elongated coming into his own yeah but i think that that's like when he he's one of the characters that kind of needs to do that because you Mm -hmm. his entire character is him growing up and exactly changing who he is and stuff like that so i guess not really coming into his own he's definitely come into his own more strengthening another aspect of himself okay that's what i'll go with it's good i like it you mm-hmm. don't need to have uh read all of nightwing before to oh, read that's, grayson that's a refreshing relief right there yeah uh they pretty much just like slam the backstory into your face in the first two pages and then they move on Thump. I like <laughs> uh it. i also read gotham by midnight which is a uh a miniseries that it is about Jim Corrigan, who is the host for the Spectre. Mm-hmm. The Spectre is God's vengeance. Literally just the the avatar of the vengeance of God. Cool. Um, and so he dwells inside this dude, Jim Corrigan. And they're not like, it's not like he can switch back and forth. It's the Spectre is trying to get out to do shit mm-hmm. uh, to exact vengeance upon the world and jim's like hey maybe don't stay in stay in my body bud mm-hmm. um and so the, uh jim corrigan leads a small team uh a, a small group of the gotham city police department that is dedicated to the paranormal investigations i like it and Ghost uh thunders. it's spooky as shit uh there's a science guy who likes to who's a sciencey stuff and like but like mystical mm-hmm. science kind of stuff like that sure uh there is a nun which is a fun thing going oh, on okay, right. there's this guy uh the whole kind of whole story is framed around uh internal affairs and agent from internal affairs comes in mm-hmm. and it's like you guys keep spending all this money but we don't see any stuff coming from you he's like 
that's kind of the point. <laughs> and then like a thing happens. He's like, look, I'm going to show you what we do. And then like a whole thing ensues. And it's just like this. It's, it's really cool. It's kind of spooky a little bit. And you yeah. get a, uh, a little elements of like all of the four people's backstories kind of like one by one and slightly. And it feels natural. They don't mm-hmm. just have a character monologue about their backstory, which is the worst way to explain backstory. Yeah. Um, the best way is to shove it all into the first two pages. Yes. <laughs> um, which hold, uh, put a pin in that thought, by the way, worst way to tell someone's backstory of monologuing it. I'll get to that. Uh, but no, uh, in general, Gotham by midnight is really good. I'm, I, uh, I may have to borrow that one. The next time. volume is after kind of this period of like, I have to read Convergence and then the next volume. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to just like nix that and just get the next one because it was so good. And the art is really cool. It's vaguely watercolors-esque, which okay. is one of my favorite I like that. types of art style. Yeah. Um, the way I, the, what I describe by vaguely watercolors-esque is shading is not gradient. It's terraced. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I only need to convince you. I don't want to explain more for people who don't get it. If you don't get it, you're st- I'd probably just bad at explaining things. Um, moving on. <laughs> done with comics. Um, movies. Movies. I read or watched Burn After Reading, which is a... Coen Brothers, Brad Pitt. Yes. Haven't Brad Pitt, it. George Clooney, uh, um, Nomadland. Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand. Thank you. Uh, a bunch of pretty solid cast. This is the Coens. They can... They can say, hey, we're going to record ourselves farting into a microphone for two hours and get six yeah. Oscars, Oscar winners. It is uh, it is a fun twist on the spy world. Okay. Um, Fits up your espionage alley. Well, it's, I'm, I watch it as part of my watching a bunch of spy movies to prepare for my spy episode. Uh-huh. Um, it's basically two giant idiots, Francis McDormand and Brad Pitt, come across mm-hmm. a... Uh, file that belongs to who they assume is a very high up in the CIA guy, but is actually like a tier three kind of like just white collar. No, nobody. Sure. Um, and they want to make a lot of money from it. So they try black, like they try a bunch of things, including going to the Russians with it. Um, and they're just a bunch of idiots. Like the two of them are just so stupid love it and it's so much fun it's coen brother humor Mm -hmm. um the funniest shit is at the end when they have suddenly jk simmons who's like the head of the cia (laughs) and the guy comes to him a guy comes to him explains the situation he's like what (laughs) what and like it's it's so funny because it's it's jk simmons being the like brash just people are stupid person he is mm-hmm. being told basically the plot of the movie and like, but being told that, Hey, there's these two people that are doing things. And he's like, who are these idiots? And it's just, he doesn't show up until like the last half third of the movie. Love it. It's just, it's so funny. Um, if you don't like Coen brother humor, you might not like it. Like it's, it's called black comedy and it's really just like, the comedy isn't people making jokes or slapstick or like quirkiness. It's mm-hmm. like 
an element of cringe or just like irony humor. Yeah. Um, so if you, it's, you don't laugh the whole time. Like you right. would like a traditional comedy. Uh, but at the end when JK Simmons starts saying things, <laughs> it, yeah, I was audibly laughing out loud. Yeah. Uh, but that's really good. I enjoyed cool. it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's about a seven for me. All right. So recommend it. If you like Coen brothers, if you like just I do. twists on spy stuff, I do. What else has happened? Uh, I, we finished our Marvel watch through. Oh, watched Endgame last night. Yay. Uh, I liked Captain Marvel more this time than I did the first time. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't oh. like it, mm-hmm. but it's more passable this time. And I think it was because I was the, we, we commented on this and it's a little bit of a risky thing to be saying. But when I say about what I, when I when we talk about feminist, feminist movies, I feel like this one is lecturing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kaylin and I talked about it a lot because she, likes it and i think a lot of stuff i kind of thought about more um is so her theory is that it's a movie that's not made to lecture at men about feminism it's Mm -hmm. to give like to explicitly show moments of sexism that all women have gone through like the give me a smile kind of thing and you can't right. do it you're too emotional like that kind of stuff and then have her be powerful mm-hmm. it's not it's not a lecture of look how powerful women can or like men look at how powerful women can be it's women look at this shit you can right. do this shit um and that like kind of shine a little bit of more of a pleasant light on it for me that it was sure. like it's not made for me yeah. and so my opinion doesn't matter <laughs> it's which we've known it's feminist movie where men it's not made for us. Our opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but also is it radical to think that movies should just be made for people? Eh, eh. I think any art is made for a specific demographic. I think people. you're objectively wrong and stupid. Oh, but also uh, the majority of what I consider the lecturing is really only in the first like quarter of the movie. And once we got past that, eh, it was a pretty enjoyable movie. Yeah, it's, a, it's not bad. Passable sci-fi Very action. predictable. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of runs out of stakes by the act. Thir- the yeah. Third act. But uh, no, I liked it a little bit more this time. Um, Endgame. So many callbacks. Oh, yeah. The Russos have just this phenomenal ability to, like, find moments in all of these characters' movies that are relevant to their character Mm -hmm. and then call back to those moments like it's not just like random callbacks just for sake of callbacks it's like um oh what was something someone said that i caught um oh um since we had watched also watched ant-man and the wasp recently Uh uh-huh uh it's hope says like makes fun of um scott for calling captain america cap Mm-hmm. in the movie but then in endgame she calls him cap and kind of looks at scott and it's like this oh yeah uh, it's it it's not just a callback it's hope showing that she has earned more respect for both like or like mm-hmm. understands now that connection and yeah. uh, and respects scott more for what he does and stuff like that it's a character callback oh i like it and like and it's just a ton of that stuff it's mm-hmm. uh, it's i i like what i just call it a character callback instead mm-hmm. of just a callback uh and chock full of them mm-hmm. especially having just watched them all back oh, to yeah. back recently like i just caught so many more this time around and it's all just 
so good. Yeah. We also happened to watch Black Widow before Infinity War, where just where it's set chronologically. Mm-hmm. So like, I got that little like <laughs> chronological. Works nicely. Um. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I we're finally done with that, and we're gonna go and watch a bunch of other stuff now. Good I stuff. watched Pirates three and five. Four's not on Disney Plus. Also, it's pretty much completely unrelated to the main plot. I guess the only thing that they explain in four is that apparently the Black Pearl gets shoved into a bottle. Have you seen five? Have you gotten through them all? Yeah. So yes. remember. Okay. So let's let's talk about one. One is really good. Genuinely good movie. A lot of fun. Yeah. The humor's like is perfectly well placed. Uh it's like all the characters are unique in their in their mm-hmm. like uh, all of their motivations and their interactions with each other. It's good. And Two, I want to say also that one handles mythology really well because yes. it's clear that there's some really interesting stuff going on in the world and they don't get too much into it. They right. kind of just tease you around the edges a yep. little bit. Then 2 Gets a little bit more mythological. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a character who also now has a unique um, ability and story and motivation and stuff. So sure. kind of an interesting new character. Yeah. Um, gets a little bit look magic. Yeah, no, it's it's a sequel. It's bigger, louder, dumber. Yep. Um, the humor is a little redundant from the first movie. Sure. Um Action set pieces are good. Pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, three. Same humor. Yeah. Uh, done the same way. Becomes a little bit more slapstick. Um, Johnny. Uh, um, what the hell's his name? Jack Sparrow gets a little bit more flanderized in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, becomes a little bit more drunk. A little bit more. Oops. I stumbled upon being a good pirate. Right. Um, Who's a villain in that one? Oh, it's Beckett. It's mostly just uh, Beckett. Yeah. Um, so something that you had to think about that, having <laughs> seen the movie this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, no. No, it wasn't Beckett. Yeah, it's Beckett. Oh, it is Beckett. Cause, and then, and Beckett controls uh, um, Davy Jones. Yep. Uh, and Davy Jones, uh, his entire character... Um, personality and everything kind of just gets shoved in the trunk and he's with his heart except yeah and so now his heart has a little bit more magic um right uh you always have to add a new rule with each sequel yeah (laughs) yeah you have to um humors it's 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 nothing new and everything that's new is just a little unnecessary yep don't know what happened in four apparently black pearl got shoved into a bottle mermaids mermaids happened in four yep okay five. Oh, that's a bad movie <laughs> boy is it oh my god okay let's 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 talk about everything we've talked about okay first of all jack sparrow is just a bumbling idiot and ha- and should not be a powerful pirate by any rights of that character absolutely he has an insanely flanderized version of what he was in the first movie should you explain for the common viewer so flanderization. and also your co-host what flanderization i mean <laughs> you know if- i have assumed from some context clues, okay but so flanderization is a phenomenon that happens in media where a character has some originally subtle characteristics 
that become its full identity. It gets its name from Ned Flanders in The Simpsons, Mm -hmm. where in the beginning of The Simpsons, he was just kind of like a inconsequential neighbor that just was had had some christian values and was a sure. little a little a little odd uh and now he is just like a crazy fundamentalist annoying neighbor christian mm-hmm. that's just like the worst thing ever it's Come just in, an ex- and yeah. uh, all the simpsons have become flanders flanderized so become characters of themselves basically exactly homer was never fully stupid and dumb and just an idiot right now he is yeah uh, well, not was never wasn't at the beginning, but now right. he is. Um, so Johnny Depp was or Jack Sparrow was in the first movie, a fully capable pirate. Yeah. With history. Mm-hmm. And yes, may have a little bit of a problem with alcohol, but <laughs> like and, and makes some mistakes, but is a good enough pirate that when he mm-hmm. fumbles. Kind of jujitsu's into it and make something out of it. Yeah, he's he's the right combination of lucky, confident, and creative to yes. work himself out of some scrapes. The by movie five, he is a bumbling idiot that accidentally does everything he's ever done, and it fully negates the fact that he is a uh, apparently a very well-known pirate who's made lots of enemies. Right. Uh, we also get a villain who is basically just a retexturized version of JV Jones. Uh, including the walkthrough things. Oh my God. When they introduced him, I was like, oh, cool. It's a really scary ship with a visually distinctive villain mm-hmm. uh, who's terrifying and has a crew that can't be defeated. Played by Javier Bardem. Played, what more do you played, want for a villain? Played very well, by the yeah, way. Honestly. Uh, it is an enjoyable performance. Uh, and then he gets, there's a, like, when you first introduce him, he gets to like the gate where new character that I will also get into uh, is in a prison cell and i'm like don't tell me he can walk through walls because davy jones can walk through walls yep and then he walks through the wall and i'm like this is literally just davy jones but harvey airborne <laughs> it's harvey airborne <laughs> it's it's the same villain uh yeah. oh a villain that also hates johnny Depp because or hates jack sparrow because jack sparrow did something like it's just every villain Hates Jack Sparrow because Jack Sparrow did something fantastic forever ago. Yep. Um, it's. And then the uh, it introduces two new characters It introduces. It does not introduce two new characters. It introduces. <laughs> <laughs> it introduces younger Will Turner and younger. The hell's her name? Elizabeth Swan. Elizabeth Swan, thank you. He said confidently not having seen a Pirates movie in like four years. <laughs> it is Elizabeth Swan. Uh, it introduces literally... It does those not ex- introduce Will Turner. He is in four, I think. Henry Henry Turner. His name is Henry. But his character is exact... No, they definitely introduce him in this oh. one. I'm going to do some quick IMDb because... Because they did like... I, uh, I don't care why. It I'm doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the two main characters that team up with uh, Jack Sparrow are Will and uh, Elizabeth's son, Henry Turner, who is just the exact same character as Will Turner from the first movie. Except worse written and less interesting in every way. Yes. And then also uh, Science Woman, uh, who is just basically Elizabeth Swan, but a sci- but an astronomer and her Horus Horos Horonomer or whatever uh that is just less interesting elizabeth swan in every way yep um the humor has 
just derived down to slapstick. Yep. Um, and stupid jokes that are like the here's an example, not example in the movie, but when someone says the number is 69 and we go <laughs> nice, <laughs> but it thinks it's actually funny. <laughs> it's that kind of humor. Yeah. Like in it, there was the one exchange where the female character is explaining what she is with science. And it's just all the, and all the pirates are now fully, completely dumb idiots that don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, which in the first movie was restricted to dude with eyeball without eyeball and his friend. Right. We're the only two dumb idiots. Cause you need some dumb yeah. slapstick side. Yeah, characters. you do. Uh, but now it's the entire crew of the ship. Right. Um, it's just, and then also you want to know a backstory for these characters? Boy, don't I time to monologue. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh my God. It was a slog to get through. I had to do it in three chunks. Yeah. I It's it's not good. For what it's worth, I liked the first half hour. I couldn't. It's, I didn't even like that. It's slow and miserable, but it's kind of self-deprecating about it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're pirates. So we're all broken down and don't know what to do anymore. We just do the same old things over again. Yep. And then they do a dumb little heist and it's kind of God, fun. in the bank heist. I liked it. It was super dumb. And then the kicker. So it's kicker. I hardly know her when watching the movie. Every 15 minutes, I found myself saying. I guess that's the thing now. It yeah. just introduces the the trident of. Oh, my God. The whole like. <laughs> what is this? An Aquaman? Crossover? The second half. It's like. Oh, we need to find an island that's that's in the stars so we can only do it at night and like it'll go away at, in the day or something like that. And then mm-hmm. they come across it. And, oh, now it's an, it's an island that's fully po- perfectly represented of the entire uh, cause of the entire heavens. Uh, and there's one thing that's not s- sparkling because I guess Barbosa has piece of the gym. I don't either remember I, the, this is the most recent pirates movie I've seen, and I don't remember anything you're talking about. Either right now. I slept through the part where he explains where he got that gym, because I did fall asleep during part. I fell asleep during part of the movie <laughs> at home, like when I could be getting up and doing other stuff while it's in the background. I literally was just like, "I." These are the sacrifices <laughs> we make for you. <laughs> I guess apparently that's a piece of the thing, and they both just kind of knew it. So he's like, "Finish the star," and she's like, "All right." Put, plugs it in exactly where it needs to go turns on because apparently it's a light bulb and then it s- divides the sea i guess that's the thing that it is now and then there's the trident that's definitely not a trident <laughs> it's a scepter yep. <laughs> down at the bottom of the ocean and then they go and get it and then uh they start holding it and making it do things so apparently i guess anyone who holds it knows automatically how to wield it yeah sure didn't that's you see how Aqu- that works didn't you see aquaman <laughs> and then uh they piece together the riddle that's been said multiple times and it's like oh divide we have to break the scepter that's a leap and then he just <laughs> breaks the scepter with a sword. Seems like something that magical should be a little bit more durable. So I guess that's a thing. Well, he couldn't have <laughs> another plot object in there. <laughs> and then breaking that breaks all curses. So sure. I guess that's a that's thing. That's a thing. 
And then um, the 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 ship, the Black Pearl that they fixed by just saying I break the of a curse or some shit, and you have to say it. I don't know. Oh, that was the thing with with Calypso in the third movie. And then, mm. uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh wait, no, that was in this movie. Calypso was in the no, it was a new no. magic lady in this right. one. Um, and so they break the thing, and then the curse is broken, and then it's like, oh hey, cool, Javier Bardem is now Javier Bardem again, and not weird. I will say tangent. It was kind of cool how they explained why all, like how all the things look like all the mm-hmm. enemies look and why he looks like he's always in water. It's because that's when he was cursed mm-hmm. when he was underwater. So his hair is he's perpetually kind of underwater. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. I kind of like that element. Um, anyway, I didn't remember that. Uh, apparently, there's a red magic that when they crashed in this devil's thing and then they exploded into anyway, back to the trident. Uh, so then since the trident's broken, um since all magic is ended immediately, I guess that doesn't apply to water because the giant, uh, Moses walls slowly close in. Mm-hmm. We um, need some dramatic tension. We need dramatic tension. I'm glad that the, uh, the, um, did you say dramatic tension? I probably did. That's a beautiful Freudian slip. <laughs> I'm keeping that forever. Um, the black pearl can perfectly skim right along the edge of that ever closing thing and just dangle. It's, um, it's a uh, uh, poop deck. I just wanted to say poop deck. <laughs> it's uh, uh, anger down it because fuck physics. That's uh, what these movies have always been. Oh, this movie particularly was bad at physics. Um, and so they all get on it and then they're climbing and then apparently Barbosa's the woman's dad. Guess that's a thing. And then they all get up there and then Javier Bardem dies or something in the water, even though you could probably swim up it wasn't that deep of an ocean um i it's just ah not great unpleasant yeah news news what's happened this week or past two weeks anything interesting dune we got a dune trailer we got a dune trailer hype is back hype is back wadib i'm so Ready for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's okay. I will say the trailer was, this trailer was not as good. Definitely not. Oh my God. The first one, I went back and watched the first one. (laughs) Second trailers are never as good. Yeah. It's, it's it's less just like, oh yes. And it's more of just like, oh yeah. So here's the plot. Mm -hmm. Let's explain this movie to people who don't know what's going on. And for some reason won't go see the movie if they don't know what's going on. I guess. No, that's, that's probably a decent demographic right there. What? People who don't go see a movie because they don't know what's going on? Yeah. I feel... Well, that's true. There's a Dude, lot of there's a lot of casual people that just... Don't understand. I don't, I don't know what this is about, so I don't care enough to put the effort and money to go yeah. watch it. I bet the star power will draw some of them. It's like, wow, this is a movie with a lot of people I recognize. I might mm-hmm. want to go see it. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Also, powerful influencers like us can help spread the word to get exactly. more people to go go see dune go see dune when it's out it's gonna lose 180 million dollars i bet oh but if we get all of our listeners to go see it they will lose, it'll lose 180, 180 million dollars minus about 20 <laughs> uh yeah nothing really i mean well also to be fair i know how dune goes so there's nothing mm. new in this to no. me uh we get a better look at uh baron 
Harkonnen. Harkonnen. Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Yep. Floating uh, around. Big, uh, big old fat guy floating mm-hmm. on a, I guess, really tall floating chair. Yeah. I was expecting it like this. Not how I pictured that. Not but. how I pictured that at all. Um, very, looks very oily. Yeah, that's probably appropriate. Ready for yeah. oily, uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan guard. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> good. Uh, speaking of Javier Bardem, we get him just a little tiny bit. Oh, we also get every single name dropped. That was something I noticed. Uh, yeah. They <laughs> explain every single character's name. Yep. Duncan. Um, Gurney. Gurney. Yep. Uh, Paul. We get, we Duke. get Duke. Duke yep. Alito. Yep. Uh, but no, it, I'm... I mean, the, the the fact it's honestly the trailer didn't get me much hype. Just the fact that the trailer was released got me immediately hyped again. We are. So uh, returning to Dune hype. Absolutely. Uh, I got a text from Proberg, uh, uh, my friend Proberg, who has been on. I can't remember if that episode ever got released. Maybe he's been on it. Maybe he hasn't. Good who friend knows? of mine who lives in Georgia. Um, he just sent me the text that was just the um, uh, Paul. Uh, poster and just like muadib <laughs> uh he loves that he loves yep. the muadib part so uh dune dune if you don't know what dune is you should check out dune it's a good dune. If, you, if you if you have a chance to read a book really quickly in the next month or so uh read dune it is like one of the best sci-fi books written of all three time. months three months it's like late october oh yeah it's true you got time it's one of the best i like kind of one of the defining sci-fi books of all time yeah uh it came out after star wars though didn't it no didn't come out i thought it was like 80 oh no the movie, the movie came out in 81 like 80 yeah this was probably 84. more like 60s maybe um i'm gonna guess 1970 1970 65 uh so it's for people who don't know what dune is like basically imagine uh like star wars sci-fi but with game of thrones plot yep it's good yeah um the world building is really well done. Yep. Uh, it's kind stripping. of the, he, so I'm really getting into these people who like defined literary genres. Mm-hmm. So basically he kind of defined or perfected, uh, literary as in written, uh, sci-fi, mm-hmm. uh, Lacar defined, one huh? One of the guys, one of the guys. Yeah. Uh, Lacar is the guy that defined literary espionage. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Sanderson is one of the guys who defined literary fantasy. Uh, he wrote the three rules Tolkien of magic. Takes offense at that. Magic, like primarily, I, I think. So I said one of the guys, but also Tolkien. Yeah. Everyone else is just a. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> if you like sci-fi and don't mind reading very well done in the book yeah yeah it's exciting i'm a little concerned in the movie about the one-liners oh yeah smile gurney i'm smiling (laughs) sure i mean it it does feel like it's dumbing it down a little bit in a sense but denis Villeneuve doesn't do one-liners like there was did two in that trailer oh in that trailer yeah so like what i'm probably thinking happened is like they're like oh we gotta prove to people that this is gonna be a fun movie like the marvel movies that's just chock full of Mm one-liners and then but in reality we're gonna get a vanilla Villeneuve movie where i mean there's a couple one-liners yes but like i mean 2049 didn't have one-liners arrival didn't have one-liners like 
he's not a one-liners kind of guy he's a i'm gonna tell you this really cool like epic story Mm -hmm. and you're gonna love it and you're gonna worship me for who i am and also i'm gonna like pay a trillion dollars for my cast oh my god (laughs) (laughs) yep so i think i think the one-liners we saw in the trailer are probably going to be most if not all of the one-liners yeah uh, so I'm not that worried about it. I trust Vil- uh, Villeneuve. Villeneuve? Villeneuve? Villanova? I heard Villeneuve somewhere once, and I just kind of went with it. Yeah. I think you have to say it with more of a French accent. Villeneuve. <laughs> never doing that again. <laughs> uh, so I'm not worried about it that much. Yeah. What else has happened? Oh, uh, that's a great question. We've gotten um, a couple uh, Suicide Squad stuff here and there. Because yep. they're ramping up their yeah, they're starting to do some promo TV spots. It's a lot of looks like a lot of fun side ads. Yeah, we've talked about it. Go we're, check we're, out the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, if, especially if you're on YouTube. The entire video portion of the last episode was just out, us talking about the Suicide Squad. So nice. Go check that out. Good deal. Good deal. Um, Leslie Grace from In the Heights has been cast as Batgirl. Yes, that was news. That was news. Wow. Because uh, I saw about a week ago that they had a short list and I was like, oh, this I guess is, this is going forward. I guess this is a thing now. Do we have a we don't have a director yet, do we? I uh, don't think so, so. For some a little bit of backstory. Uh, Joss- yes, yes, we do. Um, Adil El Arbi and Bilal Fala, the duo behind Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, a little bit of backstory. Uh, Batgirl who is uh, a a DC character, was announced to have a movie. Joss Whedon was attached. Uh, Joss Whedon of the Avengers and also apparently the bad Justice League cut uh, fame. He was attached and then... Wait, is there a good Justice League cut? Well, that's why I said apparently. Because I think they're like uh, apparently the bad one. I think they're both bad. But apparently society thinks that's the bad one. And I'm like, all right. Um... I think the good one is the three, four justice, uh, Zack Snyder, black and white cut the way that it was intended. Get out of here, Snyder. Um, Joss Whedon was attached to make that movie. Mm-hmm. And then things came out of him being not so stand up dude with the ladies. Kind of unpleasant as it turns out. And so that movie was like, chucked for a little bit and then suddenly like a week ago they're like hey we're doing this movie again uh so yeah cool uh we will have a i'm interested to see how they handle ethnicities so i have gotten way more comfortable with ethnic bending it's like gender bending but where they change the gender of a character it's kind of one step up from blood bending (laughs) uh i i have it i was uh what's the word i'm looking for receptive not receptive resistant resistant thank you wow Uh, i was resistant for a while because i am a white straight male and i am i was complicit am still complicit because i'm white straight male with my innate biases uh but i am just becoming a little bit more uh accepting of it Mm -hmm. i think we should go for it the only thing that I'm a little still resistant on is if uh, our James Gordon is black. How is our Barbara Gordon Latina? <laughs> Unless they're different universes, which I'm totally fine with. Just make sure they're consistent. That's that's the thing I care about is if you have two black parents and a white person and they're not adopted. That doesn't make any sense to me. We need to address that. <laughs> Mom cheated. <laughs> <laughs> well, then she'd at least be half black. 
if both parents are of one ethnicity and the child mm. is a completely different ethnicity right. and not half one and they're not adopted something that's that's just continuity yeah fair. so yeah no so we'll have a latina black uh, latina bat girl hell yep. yeah yeah let's do it i don't think the let's... ethnicity particularly matters in this case i think she was so she played the main girl right probably oh you haven't seen in the heights no nope. ah dang it uh does it say who she played in, in the heights oh, come on oh, you, you oh, got it on your computer oh, oh, oh. that's why you have the computer in the heights star leslie grace that's a good sign uh she played nina yes uh so that is the ma- uh yes that is the main lo- main character that one. Oh. okay so it's not main okay <laughs> <laughs> who's the doesn't matter i don't remember the names i do remember that movie was great but i do remember that all the acting was very good okay so good sign i'm ready for it we'll see what happens yeah Let's see if that movie ever gets made. Apparently, the Nightwing movie is still, like, a thing. Sort of percolating around there. Yeah. DC, I feel like, is kind of like me, where they have about 50 or 60 different ideas rattling around the brain at any given time. And they kind of have the sense that they're all inevitable and they all will happen. But I think now is when we will start seeing them actually happening because it was... So, okay. Quick little backstory. (laughs) Probably just for the audio listeners. (laughs) Because... This will get cut out of the video. Um, so DC went through making all of these movies, all of the the Superman, Batman versus Superman, Justice League, uh, Suicide Squad, intending to make it all a big cinematic universe like Marvel, uh, and then realized it was not going well. And then so with uh, Aquaman, oh, also Wonder Woman was part of that. Then with Aquaman and Shazam, and then Wonder Woman 1984, and now this new Suicide Squad and now the new Batman movie, uh, they kind of decided to let's just make these all disconnected. Yeah. We're not going to like force them to be crossovers. They're just going to be their own good movies told about these interesting characters that people like, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll do that. And so I think it was around that time when they realized that that was not going right. They were announcing all these movies thinking it was working, realized mm-hmm. it wasn't working grinded their entire production to a halt while they figured their shit out and mm-hmm. all the movies that were like half done were like we'll just finish these and just say they're disconnected um but now they're like all right it's working these one-off movies are working let's actually get these things going now so we'll see we'll start seeing go back and there's three episodes of our podcast where we break down things we knew about all these i think there was 18 18 movies they'd officially announced and had any information connected to. Yep. Um, and our theories on them, what we think they should have done with them. So go mm-hmm. check those out. It's called Dear DC Should It Be Parts 1, 2, and 3. Yes. That rhymed. Look I at me. I love it. <laughs> uh, go check those out. I'm assuming we will start seeing those movies popping up now. Mm-hmm. Um, Batgirl's under production. Uh, Nightwing is still percolating. He, I feel like warner brothers isn't as tight gripped on their creators as marvel or as disney is so chris mckay dropping the name of like talking about it on a podcast probably wasn't like as big of a deal right as if a creator of a marvel movie dropped something that was announced Mm -hmm. um because let's be real disney controls everything that everyone says except tom holland (laughs) (laughs) Um, and apparently Mark Ruffalo's phone. 
little bit. Um, but no, I'm excited to see these movies start popping up now. Yeah. Let's see. Well, Suicide Squad, I genuinely think will be very good. I, really I am hope so. super, super stoked for this Batman movie. Until we get the second trailer and the second trailer's bad. Yeah. But. But. Fandom is coming up. Yeah. With the new episode on Fandom. Yeah. So that'll probably be good. We'll probably get stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah. So that's that. We'll talk. That's that's mm-hmm. Batgirl and Preston's rant of a tangent. A rangent. Rant. Tan. Rant. Rangent. Move on. Rant. No. Rantgent. Rant. Drop it. So Jordan Peele's making a new movie. Oh, he's making a new movie. Yeah. Oh, we also got old. Unrelated. Yeah. yeah. Is it? actually out i can't No, the out. trailer they didn't release the trailer for it the trailer's been out for like six months man. has it there was a super bowl trailer oh all right never mind so jordan peele's making a new movie yeah is it gonna be good nope uh-oh that's what the about? title and <laughs> 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 hey, he really loves these uh oh i was gonna say he really loves these one word trailer or movies and then get out is two words and us is the only other <laughs> see i feel like he's starting a little dialogue here with his his film titles get out us nope nope <laughs> <laughs> what if he is this is it's his whole filmography it's just one long conversation and then the held final... by helena bertinelli and another helena bertinelli oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the final movie is it just brings them all together yep yeah uh he uh it's coming out in one year from today one um, year from today so that's uh, july 22nd 2022 do we know anything about it daniel kaluuya is in it of course steven yoon's in it oh cool kiki palmer's in it hmm she's on the poster so all right or at least her name is posters there's a poster released too oh it's kind of weird come take a look oh that's a little weird yeah cool what's it gonna be about uh don't know aliens probably but with some commentary about african-americans in society sure which is yeah, that's his thing. Sounds about right. Yep. Should be good. Yep. Hopefully. Hopefully. Us was fine. Us was good. I Us was good. I, I don't remember it much. Yeah. I still haven't seen Get Out. It's so weird to me that you have it. <laughs> I know. It's weird to me that I, there's a lot of movies I haven't seen yet. I just watched Pirates of the Caribbean 5. Why? I mean, well, I'm preparing for episodes. I, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Coming soon to the face and ears near you, an episode about franchises that get way too wrapped up in their mythology. Also, probably another episode, maybe the same episode of franchises that should have ended a long time ago. Also, probably another episode or maybe the same episode as those other two franchises in general. And are they good? What makes a good franchise? All those are somewhat topics we've discussed and I am preparing for by slogging through franchises you know what's next transformers oh boy yeah not ready for it <laughs> i'm gonna drink yourself into oblivion over there yep this is not really news but i just saw it as part of my incidental thing and i wanted to remark on it um there are three credited writers on gi joe colon origins colon snake eyes colon dawn of justice colon oscopy <laughs> those three writers are anna waterhouse Who's done? It's, it's just that's her name. It's a nice normal name. Okay. Um, Evan Spiliotopoulos, very Greek, and Joe Shrapnel. 
Joe Shrapnel? <laughs> Joe Shrapnel. <laughs> That's think of a single better name for a GI Joe right I was going to say that exactly like, just that is a GI Joe just wanting to throw something like that in there. Oh my god. <laughs> Joe Shrapnel. Yep. Like it could have been like Joseph. But Joe Sh- eh, you know what? That's just a superhero. No, he couldn't have gone by Joseph. His his birth name was Joe Sebastian Shrapnel. Wow. <laughs> Poor guy. Also lucky guy for being having a last name of Shrapnel. Anyway, kind of I think like- that's pretty much it is there any other news i did have one other thing i want to talk about but i wanted to say that joe shrapnel looks kind of like an off-brand james spader huh yeah. so doesn't look like a guy who would be named joe shrapnel no not really you know who i picture being named joe shrapnel who javier bardem really he's like usually so sophisticated also john bernthal yeah, John Bernthal, Jason Statham. Yeah. Still in that model. Jason Statham, very yeah. much, yeah. Yeah. Surprised there's not an action movie already called Joe, Joe Shrapnel. Shrapnel. <laughs> Joe Dirt's badass cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, yes, the Joe family. They don't have the same last name, but they all have the same <laughs> first name. That's how families work. That is in, uh, in the East. Yeah. Their surname is technically their first name. Yeah, it's switched. The first name of the two. Exactly. Precisely. All right. What's the last thing? Box office numbers. Right. Black Widow had a bit of a dip. Did. Um, but it did make money, didn't it? It's, uh, yeah, it's it's doing pretty well. Um, a lot of a lot right. of articles, a lot of these uh, screen rants and loopers and mm-hmm. comic book resources all doing their own, like, journalism Ooh. in quotes uh talking about how uh is is streaming service premiere access the new future of movies and then backing it up with oh maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the quality journalism we've come to expect from <laughs> screen Cinema rant Blend. and looper and comic book resources yeah um it has made 255 million worldwide at this point which is probably not enough to make back its budget mm-hmm. but it's we also what don't was know. its budget um, you know, I don't actually know. I would guess probably about 150. Yeah, around the norm for um, a Disney Marvel movie. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm going to find it. It also wasn't very special effects heavy. It's so it probably true, yeah. Probably was like closer to probably 100 120 100 Yeah. yeah. It's lower. probably it's probably not released yet. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. Um, cuz they didn't do a whole lot of de-aging. They did like a whole scene for the mm-hmm. first one but like oh my god with endgame uh who's the guy that plays hank pym uh michael douglas michael douglas that's the biggest de-aging they've ever done they even thinned him down yeah like that was nuts yeah. i forgot that happened yeah ah oh, he was a little baby little baby michael douglas yeah well baby mikey doug oh no <laughs> that's his <laughs> official name now to me mikey doug <laughs> I like it. Um, so I, I did a little bit of digging on some uh, other comparable movies to see if the box office drop was truly exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically a good movie that's going to make a lot of money and is well received will have about a 40% drop um, week to week from the first week to the second week. 
Um, Black Widow's more in like that 55 to 60% range, mm-hmm. which is lower than, um, I pulled just for a few examples, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp was kind of in that 40s okay. range, um, low to mid-40s, um, shall we say. Uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, which is a movie that got pretty bad word of mouth, yep. is kind of in the high 40s, 47, oh. 48 range. Um, so it got it had a pretty big drop. So... Black, yeah. Um, Fan- Force Stick had more like a high 50s to 60% drop. So it's still still making some money, but in so, terms of box office, yeah. Theory is that it, that's not reflective. I think with streaming service, that cannot be <sighs> right. reflective of the quality because the that's people the who are going to go see it in the theater are going to go see it in the theater the first week. Exactly. Uh, everyone else is going to see it in, at home. Yeah. So the hot take is it's killed the box office because... A movie is basically, it'll make a bunch of money on its first weekend, and then everyone else will see it at home. Yeah. If it comes straight to streaming. Yeah. So. It'll be an interesting uh, research uh, topic once actual data comes out. Once more mm-hmm. data comes out and actual data analysts and not screen rant mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, look into it to see. Uh, you can get a lot of like uh, consumer behavior from it of um, when people have the time to see it versus when they will actually go out to watch it. Right. Cause you can compare this movie to and, and upcoming movies. Uh, and if you see a much larger spike in first two weeks of watching on the streaming services, mm-hmm. than you do over time of in the theater. That means that there's literally the, the thing that's stopping that many people from going to see it is, the difference between them wanting like having the time to see it versus having the time to go see it and the money to like go to the theater. Like you can find out what that boundary is Mm -hmm. and you can do some crazy stuff with that kind of information. Oh yeah. This is my degree. I'm sorry. (laughs) I like it. Keep going. Keep going. It's really interesting. I'm excited to see like, I'll see what kind of data comes out and I might do some just like personal stuff to mess around with a little bit. That is where we can start making our podcast less about the most unqualified to actually kind of qualified. Hey, look at us talking about things we know. We can talk about economics and the effect exactly. it has on the industry. Oh yep. my God, our podcast is about to turn into a oh no. very boring podcast. I'm going to have to do work. You know what? If this podcast starts making money, we're going to make a spinoff podcast where we actually apply our degrees and we can quit our jobs. Cool. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Get us monetized. Tell your friends about us. Make us money. Go buy a poster. Go buy two. Go buy two posters. Go buy three. One for each eyeball. Oh, there you go. And then you can all have them all looking at each other and mm-hmm. they just don't know like what to look. All right, we're done. Anything else? Loki. We're talking about the next. Yeah. If you want to hear us talk about Loki, Coming check out the next week, week episode where we talk about Disney. We start talking about Disney. We're just gonna. We're gonna talk about Disney. We're just gonna talk about Disney and like the. Uh, I wa- love Snow White. She's my favorite Disney princess. I hate what they're doing with movies. Uh, I believe that they are a capitalist monster who was ruining ruining art. Uh, so if you want to hear us talk more about that, listen in next week. Should be fun. Till then, shall we? We shall. This is a pretty good ending. Yeah.
Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you're listening to this, you're listening to the audio version, which can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. If you're interested in a shortened, condensed video version of this podcast, you can find that on YouTube on our Just Us Losers YouTube channel, which is a, a nice little place. Um, Gage, our lovely editor, chops together um, some of our best and brightest moments and makes a nice little thing of it. It's it's a good deal. Um, we are on social media in the loosest sense of the phrase we're on social media we have accounts on facebook twitter at just us losers pod instagram at just us losers pod were you gonna oh uh, the instagram has been on hold for a while yep because we've been super busy things have been going weird guess Uh, who didn't do twitter reviews for black widow us together don't point at me you were pointing directly at me but it was like i was trying oh i see uh the the instagram Hopefully, sometime in the next couple months, we'll start getting live again uh, with some uh, uh, some polls and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll make more announcements of that later as we get closer. It'll happen. Uh, we have a Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com, uh, where you can let us know how excited are you for Dune? Are you like a Dune, Dune, Dune? Or are you more of a Dune? Or more of a dune or more of a dune 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 (laughs) (laughs) which of those are you only type out the word dune but convey your feelings for the word dune just us losers pod at gmail that'd be kind of fun yeah yeah i like it actually i'm gonna make that i'm gonna make that an instagram poll there we go how are you excited about Dune using only the word Dune? <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be a good time. Yeah. Um, man, Dune's a short word. There's not a whole lot you can do with like capitalization and yeah. punctuation and stuff. But you have to get creative. You use yeah, you use other symbols, special characters, and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are on the website remproductions.net.net.net remproductions.net uh pretty easy to get to our page from there it's right on the it, on the right on the top page There's some fun pictures from our christmas photo shoot don't miss them they're, yep they're beautiful uh it's a it's a nice it's a nice website you can buy posters there yeah you buy, poster. buy posters the more posters you buy the more movies we review that is true that is in fact true every five posters we sell will review an additional movie yeah don't ask me why that's a specific thing it is. <laughs> that is a very specific thing. <laughs> yeah, I want to go review Green Knight, but we can't until someone buys five posters. Or yeah. five someone's buy one poster. Yeah. Or one person buys two posters, two people buy one poster, and a third person also buys one poster. <laughs> <laughs> Talked myself into a corner there, didn't I? <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, listen in next week for us abusing Disney. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.